Hello and welcome to the Crypto Masters podcast, helping the general public to master an understanding of crypto assets. My name is Brian McCoy. My name is Ross Eaton. And we are the, the Crypto, Crypto Masters. Masters. That was pretty good. <laughs> not bad, not bad, not bad. Today's episode, the topic is Monero. It's a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Litecoin, but it's focused on privacy. And as a reminder, our goal is to provide information about crypto assets, ah, crypto assets to help the public make investment decisions in the crypto, crypto space. We don't try to predict short-term price movements. So this show is not for short-term traders. We provide information for uh, different crypto assets to allow you, the listener, to make your own investment decision. This is not financial advice. No, it is information you can use as part of your research. So today we'll be discussing our, uh, the first privacy coin that we've discussed on the podcast. Um, and it's the largest privacy coin by market cap. It's called Monero. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of privacy coins out there. Um, maybe we'll do a couple more, but this is definitely the one. If we're going to do privacy coins, we have to talk about Monero. It's the largest one out there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if you want to you know, make that decision to pull the trigger on Monero. So, yeah, let's dive right in. Let's do it. So uh, some of the listeners may be wondering, you know, why do we need uh privacy coin. Why is there a privacy coin? Isn't, isn't Bitcoin private? Um, sort of a common misperception. Um, you know, as we've talked about many times, Bitcoin has the blockchain, the blockchain is public. You as an individual are not identified, but there's, there's a public address that you use um, for the Bitcoin transactions. And all the information regarding the transactions, other than your name, are on there for the public to see when it happened, you know, who, who the recipient, or not who, but the uh, number of the uh, uh, recipient, public address. It's all public information. So they say that Bitcoin is pseudonymous and not anonymous. Um, and the way that works, you know, at a very basic level is. If someone's really knows what they're doing is trying to figure out, you know, who you are on Bitcoin, they probably can do it unless unless you're very careful about it um, and have a lot of knowledge. You know, Ross, for us, when we buy um, any crypto assets um, here in the United States, at least speaking for me, you know, I don't use a VPN or anything. I I, I have to do the KYC that the, the exchanges I trade on have to do the KYC, the know your customer. So they got my name, they got my driver's license. You know. Yeah, one They know who I am. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not gonna pull off any secret transactions on Bitcoin. It would take any you know, law enforcement, you know, um, about 30 seconds to figure out who I am. But yeah. it's not just that, it's, it's um, you know, they, on, on the Bitcoin network, if you're not careful, they can sort of see all the amounts of transactions and you know there's a lot of amounts of transactions going to the same particular um you know private key number or identity 
Um, you know, some, some bad characters might want to try to figure out who that is and try to figure out how to hack them or something like that. So it's not just trying to avoid detection from law enforcement or anything like that. There's, there's other reasons that you would have it, but I guess the, the basic, um, you know, answer to my, my initial question was, um, no, you don't really get privacy by just using Bitcoin and, and these other ones like Monero take extra steps to get you the privacy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. I think you mentioned it a little bit, but, um, you know, you could just analyze transactions based on someone's public key. Um, so, you know, I, if I had a guess of your public key, Brian, or let's say mine for better example, I, I think I spend a little more money on frivolous things. But um, you could uh, guess with my public key, like, wow, Ross keeps sending, um, you know, you know, Bitcoin to this one address, which I know is um, a golf outlet or, you know, let's say, for example, so I can somewhat put together Ross's transactions if I'm trying to build or um, investigate that. Um, since yeah. that public key, you know, it never changes in Bitcoin's blockchain. Um, so yeah, uh, privacy in a uh, economic sense. Um, I, I think I've got to mention, uh, you know, libertarianism. Uh, not to get too political here, but I mean, if you're a liberal, um, Monero might be right up your alley. If you, you know, um, one concept of libertarianism is, you know, you don't want Big Brother watching. You don't want someone, um, you know, all up in your business. So Monero is right there. I mean, you cannot, as I'll get into later, you cannot trace someone's, uh, you know, wallet or transactions. I mean, it is, it is really private. Um, yeah. And let's, I'm, I'm going to comment on that and then we'll sort of jump into the, the way they do it at a, at a fairly basic level. Um, but no, I, I agree as well. Um, you know, I think uh, a lot of people think privacy coins and they immediately think, um, you know, some, some nefarious conduct, like, you know, you're, you're, you must be doing something illegal or something, but it's not really that it's, it's more of a philosophy or a, like you said, a libertarianism, a, uh, lack, we don't want government, um, running our lives in our lives, knowing everything we do kind of thing. So, I mean, there's a principle behind it. And actually from the research on this, we talked about it. The, it seems to me that the, uh, the operators behind um, Monero really seem to share that principle. It's nothing at all to do with, you know, allowing money laundering or something like that. It's just a, a basic, you know, human right yeah. um, to privacy. And so this is just extending that, you know? Um, so anyways, let's, let's talk about how they, they, they achieve it. So we talked about Bitcoin, you know, that's probably, you know, normally what we're going to use to contrast Monero with. Um, so, but in Monero, if you send someone's, uh, if you send a Monero public address, it really just goes to a randomly created one-time destination address. So they, Monero uses what they call stealth addresses. So um, every time you're doing it, it's just being generated. One's being generated, it's random. Um, it's not, it's not traceable. Um, it's both on the receiving end and the sending side. It's these uses these random, uh, stealth addresses. 
So, you know, unlike what we talked about on Bitcoin, uh, the two the transactions that you see on the Monero blockchain won't give you any indication of who the sender or receiver is. So, so Ross, that, that's just part of it. These the stealth addresses is, is one aspect of what they do. They also do something called the uh, uh, the ring. Talk, talk, tell us about the ring protocol. Yeah, yeah. And when I first heard about Monero, I mean, the first thing I heard of was the stealth addresses. And um, to my surprise, that was not the only thing they do to protect your privacy. Um, yeah, it I mean, does seem like, oh, that's good. That's enough. That would do it. But that's not really. This is why I, I did not create any sort of blockchain technology because I would have, like, in terms of privacy, I would have stopped there. I mean, yeah, no, I mean good. on the got, got it covered. Yeah, I, I'm good. Yeah, stealth address is okay, fine. But um, Monero takes it um, a couple steps further, um, and they do that with um, what we call uh, ring signatures, which is pretty interesting. Um, just to give an example, so let's say, Alice, you know, wants to send um, currency to Bob. Um, what she's going to do is first authorize that transaction. So looking back on it, Bob sees, you know, Allison's signature on that transaction. Um, her, you know, public key, which would be in Bitcoin. Um, in Monero, you have the stealth key. So it's a one-time uh, public key. So you've got that first layer we already talked about. So in the ring signature, it gets a little crazier. You have not just one uh, Allison signature on it or public key. You have um, a select number of public keys um, or signatures on one transaction. So it could be Alice and then uh, five or so decoys along on that transaction. So looking back from Bob's perspective, he just sees five or six or whatever signatures um, on that transaction. So he's, he's really not sure who it comes from, uh, especially uh, knowing that it's a one-time public key, a one-time signature. So anyone looking back on this transaction knows it came from these, one of these five or six, you know, whatever signatures or public keys. But again, it's one time. So that's kind of the extra layer and, um, you know, a definition of ring signatures, if you will. Yeah, um, they just kind of uh, throw in multiple ones, like you said, five or six. I don't know what the number is. Maybe that's it. But, and then it just could be any one of those. And no one has any way to know which one of those that it was. Now, I do think the receiver, for example, Bob needed to verify this came from Alice. He, he gets a way to do that. Um, but... For the rest of the world, I guess, you know, they, they could never know who, who sent that. It could have been any one of these. Yeah, and you, you can even choose, which is an interesting to me, an interesting concept. You can choose your um, your ring signature number. You know, say you want oh, okay. a secure transaction. You can really crank it up there. With the latest um, Monero update, I forgot what the minimum is, but they, they capped it. Like, you can just do one, like, they want to kind of keep that um, privacy aspect of their blockchain. So they did crank it up there a little bit um, to get a minimum number of signatures um, to at least enforce that on their whole blockchain. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the two things we just talked about are the uh, stealth addresses and then the ring signatures that 
seems to thoroughly protect the identities of the persons, but then the um, it sort of goes even a step further with the ring confidential transactions. What's that all about? Yeah, yeah. So you could, um, in a way, call that transaction mixing, um, which you also you know throw your, all these transactions pretty much in a pool. This pool mixes it up, jumbles it up, and sends out um, basically currency to the other end, the outputs. Um, and that mixing keeps track of that all in one. Um, so I, it just keeps going layers and layers deep of you know how this becomes um, you know anonymous, private. I mean, it, it's just crazy. So so unlike what we talked about on Bitcoin, where you could see there was this huge transaction, this million dollar transaction from this public address to this public address. In, um, in Monero, you can't see the amount, all right? And, I mean, I think the effect of the, uh, uh, the ring um, confidential transactions is it hides the amount or it disguises the amount. So, you know, it's, you can't rely on that being the amount. It's not, the, the amount shown is not the correct amount. Unlike on the Bitcoin blockchain, you can see, wow, this was a, a huge transaction. In Monero, all you know is the transaction and, and some money, you don't know the amount. So it hides the amount too, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I jumped ahead a little bit on you there, Brian, but um, no, I mean, you cannot see the amount too. I mean, it's just, trying to trace this back would just be just a headache, a major headache, you know? Yeah. I can't even imagine trying to do it, but. All right, let's get into some of the normal background information that we talk about. Um, the Monero, uh, we'll call it Monero, was a fork back in uh, April 2014, a fork of a, of a different coin called Bytecoin, B-Y-T-E coin. And I looked it up, it still exists. It's like number 250 market cap or something. Sweet. <laughs> uh, but pro I think one of the reasons that there was a fork is there was some real, there was some uh, sketchy practices at the launch of Bitcoin with uh, self-dealing of the uh, of the people involved and things like that. So it got off to a bad start. So Monero just forked. At first it was called BitMonero, interesting trivia, and then they just dropped it and made it Monero. Uh, as you probably know, its currency is XMR. If you see it on the exchanges, it's XMR. Um, and it is traded on a lot of the exchanges. It's a very easy currency to buy and find. You can buy all, all the big ones, even for us in the United States. It's easy to buy. I think Coinbase, you know, eToro, Kraken, I, I think they all have it. it uh, interesting here, but Ross, you know, we always talk about the... Uh, the maximum supply, and you know, one of the reasons we like Bitcoin is its maximum supply. There's not one for Monero. In fact, um, they they have an amount that is, in a sense, their uh, the amount for the miners will be gone in 2022. But after that, they're just going to have an ongoing 0.6, so a little more than a half of an XMR for each block after that in 2022. So it's a way to keep the miners going. I, I've, I've always wondered about, you know, Bitcoin, even though, you know, it's not gonna run out until 2135 or something like that. 
you know, there's going to be all these havings between now and then, but, but way before then when, you know, after more havings, it gets down to one or less, but then again, you know what the price is going to be. But anyway, I guess my thing is I've always wondered what happened when Bitcoin runs out, what are the, who's going to, nobody's going to mine it. What happens to the, um, you know, the protection and the decentralization. And I guess what I've heard is, you know, Bitcoin miner, but at that point they can get by on the transaction fees or something, but yeah. Yeah. It's this, still this interesting like, to think about that. It's yeah. Well, and for something that's not, you know, Bitcoin, the monster, like it's, it's not a bad solution, even though it goes against our, you know, supply um, scarcity uh, when it runs out, it does give them a way to keep their decentralization going. Yeah. So I mentioned that it's, it's, um, easy to get it's on a lot of exchanges now i will say that a lot, some exchanges have already started to drop it because regulators are pressuring them about privacy coins we'll we'll talk some more about that um and this is just more my thing and and doing the research for monero it seems that they are con the the not really a team but the the group you know the, the volunteers behind it um, I don't know if they're all volunteers, but they're constantly sort of upgrading, advancing their cryptology. Um, it's sort of Im impressive that they, uh, they keep making this thing as, as private as they can. And then they keep um, making changes to the mining so that it can be uh, mined by more people and not just the, uh, the big groups like we see with Bitcoin. So Ross, I'm gonna let you get into the uh, the mining aspect for Monero. Oh yeah, so um, this is a very exciting concept for me for Monero. Um, um, but I don't know if you've heard of Random X. Um, so the concept here is um, basically, you know, Monero uses a proof of work algorithm like Bitcoin. Um, As miners. For miners. Um, and it's designed to be ASCII resistant. Um, you know, those crazy expensive mining rigs that you can barely get if you're a, you know, just a regular average Joe out there. Um, you know, crazy powerful. I mean, I mean, you talk about Bitcoin being decentralized, but I mean, only people with tons of money are going to be mining Bitcoin. So, you know, Bitcoin, it started off being, you know, this decentralized, it's for everyone, everyone can jump in and mine. Uh, not always the case. So with Monero and RandomX, um, you know, any any person can really mine on the blockchain. I mean, uh, they have a, uh, a fast mode, which requires, you know, at least two gigabytes of RAM uh, to be able to mine on um, their blockchain. I don't know what you have on your your machine at home, Brian, but I mean, I've got, yeah, I mean, I've got eight or eight or 16. I think I've got 16. So, I mean, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, but they have also a light mode, which allows you to mine on their blockchain. And I, I have to keep rereading this to make sure it's true. But I mean, just 256 megabytes of RAM. Wow. I, I mean, I, I haven't bought a laptop in 10 years with under eight gigs of RAM. I mean, right, right. anyone can mine on this blockchain, which is amazing. And the thing um, that's um, 
that that's impressive there is that we don't want to become you know everybody having the ASCII rigs in the warehouses that's not who we want mining hours because that leads to you know consolidation so i think ross tell me i think these the random x algorithm means that the ascii rigs just don't even really work you, you can't even use those oh or yeah they're, they're even less effective i think than a, than a gpu or cpu yeah it's interesting i mean like they've what i've heard is it's actually more optimal to have a cpu yeah. on the monero blockchain it i mean i've got that now on my macbook so i'm ready to go yeah. I, it's really interesting so i, I gotta um, say that is uh cool i like that you know and again you and if i can just go off for a second you you'll hear people say oh i i'm mining bitcoin i've i've got you know a gpu setup or whatever i'm mining bitcoin or you know something else litecoin or whatever but they're not a full node on bitcoin i mean they're anyone that tells you they're mining bitcoin is most likely a part of a huge pool online you know you jump into a pool yeah there's a pool manager that just supposedly gives you your credit for contributing to the pool if you're trying pool. to mine on bitcoin not being in a pool with a cpu or even a gpu these days I think you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning than you do of you know winning the the the, the block reward. Yeah, you better. I mean, that person that's telling you this that they're mining Bitcoin is definitely in a pool, or they better have some mega huge warehouse full of ass keys mining Bitcoin twenty four seven. Right. Um, and, so and, yeah, the the concept of being a full node is just amazing, and, especially and, for a coin that's this high up on market cap. I'm sort of envy in, in a way I've had envy of the people who got in early on in Bitcoin and could mine it from the early days because I got in beyond that. I got in after the ASCII rigs were set up and, and could never mine on it. I mean, that would have been fun. So, you know, there's other options, not just Monero. There's there's other coins that you can do that with. But Monero is a pretty big one and, a, and a, you know, pretty cool one. I, I mean, you know, I'd be interested in maybe trying to mine it. But anyway. That's their uh, um, their mining, their proof of work system. I, I like it. Yeah, it gets back to the, I think the core kind yeah. of spirit of crypto and blockchain in general. That, I mean, it, that's why a lot of people got into it is for decentralization. So right, right, and and point. And for them to, um, you know, not say, oh well, you know, they've outsmarted us. The the ASCII rigs are winning everything now. You know, too bad. We, you know, they didn't. They didn't do that. You know, they changed. They they changed their protocol to this random X. They did have a crypto night. I think that's what it was called before the change to random X. And you know, that was designed to do the same thing, but people started getting around it. So hey, you know, they upgraded again, and it's just uh, it's impressive. So I give them kudos to that. And speaking of that, we talk about the team behind the projects all the time. And for Monero, um, some of the members uh, are anonymous. Um, there is one big name in crypto who's associated with this project that a lot of people will know the name, especially if you're on Twitter. Um, and that is Ricard Spagny, better known as Fluffy Pony. Yes. Um, he's, he's, like I said, active on Twitter. You see him quoted in a lot of uh, crypto news stories things like that so he's sort of the uh 
the face and the voice behind the team. Fluffy Pony, not a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he is one, um, you know, he has his, uh, his thoughts and beliefs and positions and he, he states them. And, um, you know, I, I, I have some, some admiration for that. What else, you know, on the other privacy coins, Ross, we haven't talked about any others, but, um, you know, I know Zcash is a, is a big name uh, that you hear a lot in privacy. What are some of the other competitors of, uh, of Monero? Yeah, Zcash is definitely a big one. Dash. Uh, Dash is up there. And I always say it wrong. Komodo? Komodo? I think it's Komodo. Komodo. There's then, Grin. Um, Grin. I think Grin uses the Mimble Wimble, which maybe we'll talk about that. It's another, um, you know, method of, uh, of of achieving privacy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know. There's just, I'm not, I haven't been too focused on them, honestly, because Monero is just so far up there um, compared to these guys. Um, yeah. In my mind. Um, right. But yeah. Uh, here's an interest not maybe not that interesting but here's a story about monero when i first got into uh crypto investing i had a very small list of one of coins that i was interested in and monero was on that list i mean it was you know one of the top three that i was considering buying at first and i gotta say i never did what you want to just swing into final thoughts sure all right yeah. let's swing in the final thoughts it, it'll follow here from my story um, I never did buy Monero. We've talked about some of the other ones that I've that I've bought instead. Um, and, and the reasons I'd say I haven't done that is, and this gets to my final thoughts. Um, my my concern on privacy coins, and especially one as good as Monero, is that this is the thing that the regulators are most worried about. I think now, I mean, who knows? The regulators could crack down on, on Bitcoin as well, but I don't think they're as worried about Bitcoin for the reasons we talked about here, but they're worried about the privacy coins because if you were going to um, do, you know, engage in illegal conduct, Monero and the privacy coins are a way to do that. And that's not their fault. You know, I'm not, faulting them at all. Someone is abusing or misusing their, their asset. But it is a fact that um, regulators are looking at this, I believe. Um, some um, exchanges have already dropped it for that reason. You see stories in the crypto media that, um, you know, Monero is used by ISIS, Monero is used by drug dealers. Some hack recently um, w w part of its hack would it would take over the computer and mine for Monero. It just it gives it a bad name, but but I but I want to say it doesn't deserve the bad name. I, I truly believe the people behind Monero are doing it for the things we talked about, which is privacy is a basic human right, and we don't need the government knowing every transaction that we engage in. That's just none of their business. Um, and I'm a big believer in that. So I, su I support them intellectually, um, but um, 
I'm not invested in it. I might invest some in it just on principle, <laughs> or I might donate to them just on principle because I agree with their principle. But I'm, as an investor, I'm I'm concerned about what regulators could do that would affect the price of the Monero asset. So those are my final thoughts, Ross. Yep. Yeah. I. I'm going to slight piggyback off you. I, I mean, the underlying technology here is great. I love it. It's got the, you know, the spirit of cryptocurrency with decentralization, if you will. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's very much, I don't want big brother watching what I do. Um, you know, and this is the coin for you. Now to give it some knocks with the um, like transaction mixers. Uh, I think that's, that's an area that you have to consider because um, using a transaction mixer, um, and again, I, I mentioned it briefly, you can kind of send your transactions there and it kind of basically scrambles your public key so it doesn't know where you're sending your money. It just, you know, on the outside looking in on the blockchain, you just know that you sent your money to a mixer. Um, you know, using that software there, I mean, you can use Bitcoin for a malicious um, transaction, or you can, if you really want to be anonymous, you could use it there. So I, I love the, you know, it's going to come with a fee, obviously. So I love the underlying technology of Monero. Um, I think, I think I will invest in it just from our research. I will, I, I will have some money there because I love the team behind it, but um, to give it some knocks, you know, you can use a transaction mixer if you want to be, private with your money um, or, you know, if there's people out there that want to be malicious. Um, but I, I, and I will say um, from the regulator perspective, this thing has a ton of momentum. If you want to be a miner, like anyone can, you know, with the, uh, especially with the light mode of the 256 um, megabyte limit of RAM or requirement of RAM. So this, Although there's going to be regulation, if there is regulation, it's going to hit Monero hard. Because, I mean, once you got in blockchain, Brian, I know you must have heard, oh, Monero's the evil one out there. It's doing all the, you know, hiding of the transactions. Um, yeah. And I will say, Ross, to add to that, and I know you feel the same way, I don't think, I know the regulators aren't going to stop Monero, you know. These yeah, people are, yeah. are going to keep going, but the regulators can affect and will affect the price of the coin. And, you know, that's sort of what we're focused on. Um, so anyway, it sounds like we're sort of, we're on the same page here. I'm, I'm probably not going to invest in it myself, except for more of a donation or kind of a support kind of thing, but sounds like you might. So a little bit of a mixed, uh, a mixed result on Monero. All right. You know what, Ross? We'll be back next week with our next episode to talk about another crypto asset. That's right. Stay tuned. Leave us some comments. Let, how are we doing? Give us some feedback. Are we terrible? Let us know. <laughs> Is there a coin you want us to review? Let us know. We'll do that coin. Yeah. Let yeah us stay do, tuned. We, we really mean that. We have our own um, coins we want to talk about, but um, if we get uh, feedback, that uh, you know wants us to focus on another coin, we will definitely uh, consider that, and we certainly eventually will get to it. Because you know what, we're eventually going to get to all of them. <laughs> all of them, yes. If we live long enough. 
Yes. If we had an infinite number of time, we could get to every coin. That's right. <laughs> All right. This has been another podcast from the Crypto Masters. Check us out next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.